On Sunday, we continued through the book of Romans as Pastor Josh took us through the first half of chapter 4. In our conversation, we're continuing to talk about how we bring nothing to the table when it comes to our salvation. In this chapter, Paul uses the illustration of Abraham to make this point. We're digging more deeply into all of this today on After the Message. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast this week. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Today, we have Mark and Josh and Preston and Neil all in the room. Indeed. And of course, as always, Corey. My man. Recording. Our audio with a fresh haircut. He does have a fresh haircut. He looks good. Mm. Clean. Thanksgiving. That's that's a nice little fade. When he puts his headphones on, it doesn't. Thanksgiving cut. Oh, I didn't notice that. Uh Lined up nice. Uh Yep. Awesome. uh, Hey, my son still does the fade like that, and then he puts a lightning bolt in the side. Does he really? Yeah. I've missed that. Corey, check it out next time. Lightning bolt, please. (laughs) Corey, I would love to see you with a lightning bolt. You don't have a lightning bolt next time. You're not trying hard enough. We can fix you up. We can take care of that that right now. Yes. Aren't we just thankful Neil's back? It's been like what eight months, nine months? (laughs) It's been a few weeks, dude. Where have you been, man? (laughs) It's been more than a few weeks. I've been avoiding the Book of Romans from you guys. Just it's too hard. What you wanted to wait till we got to the good news to come? That's right. Too much bad news. Skip there. That's exactly right. Super cool. Uh, no, really, we have missed you though. It's, Man, it, thank you. It has been a while. It has been. So yeah, you guys have carried the water. Well, we're gonna well, let you carry it today. Yeah, so. I was just gonna say you'll be, dis- questions you'll be go disappointed. To Neil. <laughs> you should. <laughs> it's know fine. We're expecting big things from you today. Well, be ready to be let down. <laughs> uh, so it's Thanksgiving week, and uh, anybody got any big plans this week? I am going to eat every day as much as I can. There you go. Without gluttony, I'm trying to figure plans. out how, where that line is. <laughs> I want to toe that line yeah. and say, hey, I'm not crossing that At line. At what point have you is crossed that, over into sin? Is it per is meal? Exactly Maybe right. it's per meal. Per meal, yeah. Like you can get That's a right up question. to the edge Letter of the meal. law. I wonder if the letter of the law is, is talking about like per like 24-hour period. Right. right. Is it per meal? Or can I can I bank calories mm. for breakfast and go. lunch? So this is you how skip a hammer meal. at dinner. There you go. Okay. I, so this know. is how the Pharisees became <laughs> this, right here. this exact. This is where it all began. That's, right. That's how it became seven hundred laws. That's, right. That's exactly right. Start with food. all around a meal. <laughs> all right. So hey, uh, we've got this meal coming up. We need to talk about this. So Josh is going to eat a lot, and uh, which I, I suspect uh, we all will. Yes. Um, anybody eat, else? Plan. Eat, hunt, and watch Christmas movies. What a oh, that's great good. Week. Oh, wow. Christmas movies. Yeah, Have y'all started that already? Shoot, yeah, baby. Yeah. Have you really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Guys, my Santa wife. Claus number two last night. We watched, oh, those are good. We watched, mm-hmm. uh, just came on Apple TV, um, the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. I just lost the name of it. Oh, is it Spirited. good? Spirited. Oh, yeah. It is a great conversation starter. Great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a so unique. It's, it's a musical, so it is that, that oh, right uh, out of the gate. So know yes. that going into it. Right. So uh, there you go. That's like but, Elf's a musical? Uh, no, more no, like it's a got musical. Music in it. Yeah, I think it qualifies. It, it's interesting for conversation. Um, there's a couple of things you're gonna like. That you're gonna go, okay, I agree with that, and then you're gonna go, ooh, nope, mm, can't go there. Don't like that. Um, mm. Well, I mean, the whole concept, I mean, is you know, it's a little yeah. Far pitch. Well, well so. you got Elf and you got Deadpool. What can go? Uh, yeah, that, that right there. <laughs> it's gonna be great. What a mix. Yeah. Merry Christmas. So Thanksgiving, Christmas is our first one without my dad post mm. his uh, his passing, and so I think, man, looking back at our care staff, did a great job this year of getting us ready for those things with surviving the holiday. Mm. Um, we're gonna do all the things you guys have already talked about. It's just it's gonna feel different, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, so kind of a little bit ready just to kind of like walk through it and just like mm-hmm. get that first one, yeah. get it done and try to, uh-huh. um, but our, our pastoral, our, our care staff again, gave a great frame for that. Just you look at this year as a trial and error, just be willing mm-hmm. to try some things mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. and, um, and just let that be what it's going to be. So yeah. good work. Right? Yeah. Y'all, y'all traveling down or are you coming? They're coming yeah. Up? So we're actually going down, uh, to, to Hattiesburg for that. Um, God's country. Uh, yeah. Cool. Wednesday mm-hmm. night or Thursday morning. Yeah. So it'd be good. Um, just a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be traveling this week. And so, uh, Always good to listen to a podcast while you're in the car. Great, Mm -hmm. super fun. (laughs) You should listen to this, rate it, and then share it. (laughs) Yes, Um, help us out. Well, hey, I want to. I want us to jump in. Uh, Of course, we're we're continuing uh, in the Book of Romans, as we're going to be saying that for a while. Uh, (laughs) Romans four. We started the chapter four. Uh, (laughs) We started the chapter four. The very well said. Truthfully, it is a the. It's pretty big. Yeah, and uh, so. you know, so we, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like the the topic uh, on Sunday was was very much. I mean, this again, this is a topic that we we talk about a lot, and and it feels like we've covered a lot. Um, but this was like really hyper focused on the fact that we like we don't bring anything to the table, right? That's right. We, we don't do anything to earn salvation. So we were looking at the life of Abraham and his faithfulness, um, and I think a lot of the questions as we were talking before we recorded. Uh, center around, you know, well, what about this? What about that? Well, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but it's all around the fact that, that, you know, we don't do anything to earn salvation. That's right. So, yeah. so uh, all the questions are fair, right? And, and whenever we, we have these conversations and, and maybe you've never discussed your faith, right? So, so question may be a strong word, but maybe you've never even questioned your faith and you get to a moment like the chapter four. Um, <laughs> and I think there's, there's right for that because honestly, chapter three and four is the reason the Protestant Reformation unfolds. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal when people read this because we say as a, as a line we do, you know, we bring nothing to the table, but the, the sin necessary to be saved. Like we'll say that, yeah. but convictionally, or even like geographically, what I mean by that, like like chapter and verse in the Bible, we may not be able to point that out. Mm-hmm. Well, this points that out. Mm, yeah. And when we get that close to the scripture, and, and in my opinion, it is so crystal clear that what it's telling you is you literally do nothing mm-hmm. and God and his grace through faith saves who he's going to save. And that's a big deal mm. because at the end of the day, we still want a little bit of control. Because we're controllers, yeah. um, you know. We we had a question I think that popped up yesterday. <clears throat> it was a good question, an honest question too. Of well, don't we still need to say that we want the salvation? Like, like, don't we still need to do? Like, in, in essence, don't we still need to do something? Right. Don't we still need yeah. to say? As if confession is a um, an act, an act. Right. That's exactly or right. Some uh-huh. kind of sign of my righteousness when I do something like confess that, out loud. That's right. exactly right. And and I think if you. And I understand the question, and I appreciate the question. Honestly, it's a tension in my heart as well. Because I, I think where we come from, we, we come, particularly Baptists, come from a place where we are evangelical, and evangelical is we're going to share good news with you, and we want you to accept the good news, and the way that you have accepted the good news, at least historically, is pray this prayer or mm-hmm. say this thing, and, and, if, and you know, we always give the caveat, just in case, well, if you really meant it, then... Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's not exactly what you say or even how you say what you say, 
but maybe it's the meaning it that matters more than anything else. Because if you are worried about the confession, like even if you are going to use Paul's words later, Mm -hmm. confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, what? That Jesus is Lord. That, that's the condition of the heart that brings, that shows the truth that God has applied the justification to your life. He has brought f- grace to you through faith, and that is the faith you are confessing. The, confess, the confession, it's not like God hears your voice and says, there it is, saved. So, so proud you voiced that. <laughs> what about the people who can't talk? What about, what about that? So mm-hmm. it, is, it is the heart's belief that he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't get that unless God gives that. Um, it is it is God quickening us. It is God wooing us, calling us to Himself. So I heard you say, uh, I think it was maybe last week's, um, or maybe the week before, one of the, one of the podcasts in recent weeks. Uh, you, you, I think you said something to the effect that salvation happens in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're talking about this, like you know, like that belief could could be a gradual thing as we, you know, as we are introduced to God's word as the spirit draws us and, and begins to work in our hearts. Uh, I mean, I grew up good Baptist, right? So, um, uh, so you got your the, date and time and it's stamped. Mm-hmm. And that's right. Hanging on and your I wall. remember the first time that I had a conversation with someone who, who didn't come from the Baptist denomination. And I, I'm not sure if that was even relevant, but, uh, but their story was, you know, yeah, I, I, I came, I came to faith in Christ over a period of time. Like it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just began having this conviction toward the Word of God and, and the things of God, and and um, you know, and this was at the time. I mean, it was somebody that I I knew and respected as a, a really godly person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, did I mishear you? Uh, you know, when you said that salvation happens in a moment. No. Or, so, how, how do we so justification, that? justification, salvation. We we can we can interchange those words because it's the moment that you move from unrighteous to righteous. Right. Right. Um, I, I believe now we're getting in the weeds here, boys. All right. <laughs> a lot of times we just general good old boy and girl looking at our Christian faith. We look at salvation again as a moment in time that we did something. What we're looking at here is justification. This happens in the heavenly realm where the father declares us righteous because of the work of the son, Jesus Christ. Right. That's when salvation is applied to us. Uh, And a lot of times, you know, we I'll use a for instance. And again, I'm not trying to bash on the Baptist faith. I am Baptist through and through. I'm a Baptist pastor. I love the Southern Baptist. I'm all about evangelicalism. I want to preach the good news that people can be saved. But a lot of times people will have a moment that they've prayed a prayer because their parents have pulled them out of the house and to the preacher's office or down the aisle in front of the church or in the parent's bedroom, and they're going to pray a prayer. But honestly, what you'll hear if you listen carefully is the Lord was already at work in their heart long before that moment happens. Mm-hmm. And so they come to that moment because they want, again, a stake in the ground to say, mm-hmm. I know because you prayed the prayer on that day. Mm. But if we're honest and we allow ourselves the freedom to, to think through God's great sovereign plan, he was already at work in their life long before mm. that moment of praying the prayer. Mm. And so there's a possibility, like there's a very real chance that the Lord has brought them to salvation because God has awakened their heart. God quickened them to realize that they were sinful mm. in need of a savior and then they come into the presence of a pastor or a friend or a parent or a leader, whatever it would be, and then they pray a prayer. And they would say, well, that's the moment. Well, 
maybe that moment happened prior Mm -hmm. and the Lord brought you to that moment. And that's just grace, Mm -hmm. grace extended to you and your family to know that. Well, and it goes back to the, you know, the question earlier, at the moment that that child prays that prayer, that child is just confessing what we sense and hope often is that that's something that they've already... faith that's in them. Yeah, that's a faith that's already in them where they've already uh, experienced that. Now they're just expressing it. Um, Which in some ways is like baptism... And uh-huh. that baptism is an outward expression of what God has done right. in our heart. That's the right. confession, in some ways, is an outward expression of what God's right. already done. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think human nature is we want to know the the moment because we know there's a moment yeah. when right. it happens. We want to stand. We up. want to know the moment yeah. so that we can always look back That's to right. that mm. versus going, well, maybe the moment was a little bit before now. That's right. And right. this is our. Yeah. Outward confession of to, to be fair, I don't I don't want anybody to hear us and say that, oh no, they're they're not, you know, the fact that praying and prayer like they're against it. I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. Fine, pray. Praying is a good thing. That <laughs> that's not ever a bad thing. But to be clear, nobody in scripture ever got saved because they prayed a prayer. Mm-hmm. You'll never see it. Genesis to Revelation. It's not in there. The disciples didn't become disciples. Jesus walks up to them and they say, All right, pray to me right now before you follow me. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. For us, again, I, I don't want us to get hung up on that is the the only way, because the truth is, are you following Christ? Right. That is that is the proof of the prayer that you prayed. Right. But that's for a whole other chapter in Romans. As I, we say, we're, we're, I have a feeling we're going to get back to this <laughs> later. Yes, we will. Yeah. So, so one thing you pointed out uh, in your message that that I thought was interesting. I, I think few few of you also mentioned something similar. Is that uh, it was really interesting when you 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 referred to the fact that like people got saved in the Old Testament in the same way that we do today, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the New Testament, Old Testament, all the same. That's right. Because we would tend to think differently, mm-hmm. right? Well, a lot of times we think that maybe there's not even salvation in the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that would be a wrong belief. Mm-hmm. But again, it, when we study and we see it, we, we do see that, that Old Testament, New Testament, Genesis, Revelation, all the way through, it is by God's grace mm-hmm. through faith in God's provision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the Old Testament, that provision was different than Christ because Christ right. had not been provided yet as as the perfect and sustaining sacrifice. Um, so there were other avenues of, of sacrificial works that was a part of the law that was going to bring them. If you did this, then this is what you have to do. If you did this, this is what you have to do. It is putting faith in God, and that was grace to them. So it's mm-hmm. still by grace through faith that yeah. they are brought to relationship with the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Same today. I think, I, think, I think a lot. Go ahead. I think I've I said this earlier, but I think for me, I always look at the, the Genesis fifteen six passage as the Old Testament version of John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. That you see this idea, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted him as righteous. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it comes back to the believing aspect there, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been helpful. Which yeah. is really what we're doing uh, in the New Testament. I think it's the fact that Jesus, you know, we had Jesus in the New Testament mm-hmm. to believe in. And so people say, well, if Jesus wasn't there, at least not in the same way in the Old Testament, then how do they believe in Christ? But it's really the belief in God as the one who can redeem. That's right. That that's right. Where it happens. So when I want to read that whole fifteen. Uh, the first part of that verse is it's Abraham coming to the conclusion that neither him nor Sarah mm-hmm. have anything in their tank that will lead them to become what God is describing. Mm-hmm. They've tried to have kids. There's nothing in them that brings new life to their scenario, to their situation. It is only through God's providence that they are able to live out the promise he gives them. Mm. And so I'm, I'm interested about the translation that you're reading where it talks about they have nothing, nothing in their, their tank. tank. 
That's a bonus. Neil Marsh. That's right. That's right. It may be the uh, the Duck Dynasty version of the Bible. I don't know. Yeah, because it really looked like you were reading that. Yeah, sorry. Hey, I'm holding my Bible up as if that's in there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but you, I like the point that you brought up. Um, nothing in their tank. Um, but the the idea is that there's nothing that we bring to the table. God didn't look down at us, and Josh, you were so clear on that, and that was one of the things that I took notes on yesterday mm-hmm. I thought was so good. There's, He doesn't look down on us and say, well, that guy has this, this, and this. He's probably a good candidate to be one of my children. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have nothing, and he mm-hmm. chooses us. Um, now, I, I know that you can ask the same question even about the disciples. Why did he choose the disciples? Was there something in them that that he said because of them and what they bring to the table, I'm going to choose them. Um, you can look back at earlier parts of Abram's life, and you can see that he had, I think it's in Genesis 12, he had some interaction with God. He he had already built the altar, I think, and is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Genesis 12 there. So he he did have interaction, but there was no instance where he had demonstrated um, any worthiness for him to be called and. F- for God to call him and and create this covenant with him, so it's a. I think that was a great point for us to, especially in our culture where we feel like we can achieve, we we should earn. There's merit that we should bring to the table, and and that's where we find comfort in who we are. Either we we find security, we feel like we've earned justification, and I think that whole point yesterday was no. There's nothing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, to me, it's uh, to build on that. When I go back to Jesus's calling of the disciples, since you referenced that in Matthew four nineteen, he says, "Come follow me." If you're in the NIV, come follow me, uh, and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Even that, it's like, hey, you follow me, and I'm going to make you something that you are not right. already. I'll do it. I'm going to do this in you. Yep. Um, and now, to your point, I think that he is um, orchestrating their lives beforehand to have certain experiences mm-hmm. to become certain things that he will then leverage. But again, he's the one pursuing, he's the one initiating, he's the one um, conducting yeah. that right. process well, to and, be. And he's used. the one empowering. And that's, that's the other part when I, when I go, okay, if you're God and you're, you are drawing people to yourself, they don't really have to have anything to bring to the table. You, your spirit is going to empower them for whatever it is mm that you will ever call them to do. And so for us to think somehow I've got to have something good in me that merits God, you know, drawing me in or he should draw me in because look at all the good things that I've done. Well, he can he can take anybody right whose life is surrendered. Right. And he can do in them whatever he needs to do in them. Mm-hmm. Mm. To good. accomplish him getting glory. His, his glory, that's right. right. Um that's that's the point. He, you know, uses yeah. wherever the the adage is crooked sticks to draw straight lines, um, mm-hmm. broken people, foolish people to do what? I mean, yeah. over and over again, that's he's the story. The story of the Bible is uh, he is the hero. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. There we are again with the translation, like you know, know, the crooked sorry. sticks to draw straight lines. Like what passage is that? I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a mixed Might metaphor. Might be mixing but, metaphors. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the real one. Um, <laughs> I think it was hit a straight crooked with sticks a crooked to hit stick? a crooked. Yeah, that's oh, did it. I get it backwards? Well, not backwards. It's a crook, a crooked stick to hit straight licks. No, I've never heard that. You're making that. No, up. I don't even no, know. That. That's true. I've never Preston, heard that before. He can in my hit life. a straight right. lick. Well, you're with from a Florida, stick. so that doesn't really count. <laughs> they didn't. Y'all don't even have sticks in Florida. <laughs> oh, so that's a regional thing. Right? <laughs> that is a southern thing. Yeah, we have lots of crooked sticks to hit straight licks. 
<laughs> okay. I've lost what the other half of the metaphor is. <laughs> he was drawing something in the sand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think if I go back, um, <laughs> I think it goes back to the fall, right? Um, if you haven't picked up, there's a great book that is a short book by a guy named Michael Reeves, and it's called Delighting in the Trinity. Mm. Um, really, really strong. Delighting in the Trinity, Michael Reeves. Um, but you see this picture of even in the fall, um, what Eve desires. She's, she's designed, and so is Adam, to be image reflectors, image bearers of God, in which God's love is sent out. God the Father sends it out through Jesus, and then we are then created to do the same thing. And, and the problem, one of the problems with the fall is, is that it begins to turn our love inward so we can be like God and be independent and don't need him. And I think that's, that's kind of what we're getting to here, um, is the fall makes us turn inward and love ourselves rather than going outward, mm. right? And so the whole thing is it builds us to think we, you know, like that we have something in the tank, like that we have something that is like God that is worthy mm. versus sitting in our desperation and being in complete awe of him. Um, that's good. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So it's great. I, and, and I, I think, you know, as we were talking about this in our life group yesterday, you know, I was thinking we were, we were talking about how it's like, it's one thing, like we can read this and we can, we can even sort of have a head knowledge and understand mm-hmm. that, yeah, we bring nothing to the table and, and, you know, it's God's work in us and all the things that we've just been discussing. Mm. To to live in that way, practically, is a whole nother thing, which gets back to the whole point, you know, because I, I think you even said this, Josh, that, you know, like, if we, do we really believe it, like, if we don't live it, mm. right, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so, I mean... Which I hear two different ways. Did I yeah. cut you off? No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Because I was probably going to be rambling anyway. <laughs> he was just talking until you came I up with something to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm covering for you. Say, Come on, man. Until you can figure something out. No. <laughs> I, I think in both in, in two different ways, I think that's true. One is if you re- really believe it, you will act it out in obedience. And so there's a, an obedient lifestyle that follows the freedom of the truth of grace. Mm-hmm. And, and it's beautiful when you act out in obedience out of freedom and an understanding of the grace. But the, the other way that I see that played out, in, particularly in me for years and still, um, a legalist doesn't just snap his fingers, hear truth, and say, oh, that makes sense. Now I'm done. I've got it all figured out. Mm. It takes years to undo, particularly if you've mm. walked in a legalistic mindset. It's so deeply ingrained performance, achievement, earning, um, trying to work your way into God's good graces. I know I'm saved, but I'm always striving to work my way into God's good graces. Is kind mm-hmm. of the way my life played out for a, a lot of years. Well, Preston, you know, in counseling, you don't just flip that switch. Mm-hmm. There's a reprogramming, so That's to right. speak. Right. Um, an untangling. Yeah, yeah. an untangling. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very nice. Wait a therapy. minute. That's, not any, that's no better than the <laughs> adages I use. And I got slammed for him. What, what's going on? <laughs> um, We're glad you're back. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it did take years of, of counseling and rethinking so that the mind begins to change. There's a mm-hmm. transforming of the that's mind. Right. That's, that doesn't happen overnight. That, mm-hmm. That's work right. that the Holy Spirit does that, that does work its way into your emotions and your behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a guy yesterday who was teaching a life group, and he said, man, it was so good just to have great foundational Bible teaching. Because you're right, Romans 3 and 4, mm-hmm. man, that's a turning point yes. that people go back to. Huge, yeah. 
and he and he was saying this guy was like he struggled with legalism and 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 he said it's just going to take more follow up because you can't just teach that lesson this morning and That's think right. hey legalist you're yep. free now. That's right. That's right. It's going to take mm. some work and pastoring, you know, mm. for a lot of our folks. And, and you go they, back and, and <clears throat> you know the question would be well then how often should you go back? It's often every day. As <laughs> you need to. <laughs> every single day multiple times a day to be reminded of of God's goodness and faithfulness. Hey, can, well, we, can we chase a rabbit for a second? Love uh, it. We never do that. Yep. How do you guys podcast. how do you guys reconcile the idea that we have nothing of worth, right? Mm-hmm. With God gives us intellect, talents, skills, and careers to be um, proficient, competent, growing as a leader in those other things with I have nothing of, of worth or value. Mm. How do you hold those two things in Yeah, in so I, I'll, I'll take the first mean? go at it. I, I don't think that, that people who are lost have no worth. I, I think you have great value because you were created in the image of God. You were created with with things and blessings and giftedness that are general in nature that God has bestowed upon you. Um, now, when we talk about of, of worth, you don't have something in you in and of yourself to have to fix yourself eternally. You can't fix your sin. You can't fix your brokenness. You can't make yourself righteous before holy God in what you do and how you stand, no matter how talented you are, no matter how much money you have. But if we're just talking about skills, I, th- I think God and his grace gives skills to everybody mm-hmm. because we're created in his image. Mm. Um, so when we look at the character of God, we, we can see, truly, if, if you look hard enough, you can see the character of God in some of the most wicked people who have ever walked the earth mm. because they still bear his image. Mm. They're still going to bear some of the characteristics that God has placed in all mankind to bring good to the world. Mm. Uh, it is misused. Uh, I believe they are misled. I think they're misunderstood, all the misses. Um, and it would take this gospel to begin to redeem those things a little mm-hmm. bit better. But that's how I'd answer that. I don't know if you guys have a different I, I answer. I think that's good to, to zero in on the skills piece. Um, let's say I'm lost. I was lost, which I was. But let's say I'm a businessman who has awesome business skills. I'm a great communicator. And then I get saved. We would say... Oh man, that guy's got so many awesome skills. He's going to do so much for the kingdom now that he's a believer. Mm-hmm. So to your point, that sounds like that dude's bringing something to the table that's going to make him valuable because he's got great skills. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, we'll turn around and say we bring nothing to the table. So I think that's kind of mm-hmm. an example of where I feel your question of and and my answer to that, I, th- I think, would be along the same lines as you, Josh. Those gifts and skills are still a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. He can take or and, remove and he or give, give you, the, you know, whatever if, he wants to if do. He's with given that. us, uh, created us for good works that he's already prepared for us to do. Then it makes sense that he would have given us skills that will line up with those works over time. But I think, in terms of, do we bring anything to the table for our salvation? Yeah, absolutely not. Right. And I was going to say, you know, what came to mind, Neil, as you were talking, and it it just sort of brought it back again, uh, Mark, as you were you were talking. So part of my personal story is uh, sort of made this kind of real to me Um, was so I remember the date because it was uh, it was it was the week before Kaylin was born, my daughter, and uh, she's now 21. So it was, you know, just over 21 years ago. Um and old. I am old. <laughs> um, 
But uh, I woke up one morning and lost my voice. So I've always been a singer. I've always been a vocalist. My my profession, you know, mm. as a worship pastor, was always centered around my mm. ability to sing, my musical ability, and. Um, and uh, I, I, I woke up and, and had no voice and didn't have a voice for almost a year. Um, and so I could get into, I mean, there, it's a long story and lots of details, but uh, suffice it to say that uh, one of the things that God showed me through that time was it was a reminder to me that any uh, gifting I had in that way, like it was, it was a, it's, it is that, it's a mm-hmm. gift from God, like, and he can take it anytime he That's wants, great. like, mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that I was, I mean, I was just born, I mean, maybe I was born with it, but it still came from God, right? right? You know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have just as easy, easily been bestowed on any one of you, um, and he has I was close. bestowed but it, you. But it wasn't bestowed on me. not done that. <laughs> but, but in the same way, you know, he's given you guys gifts that I don't, I don't possess, and, uh, and so, you know, I think, I think it was just a great reminder to me, like, mm-hmm. I can carry that intention because, you know... I still don't bring anything. I mean, it's still from him. That's a great picture, I think, of a personal story. That was really helpful. That was really good. Thanks, mm. thanks well, for sharing that, Mike. Mike. I'll try yeah. to say that in the mic this time. That was really good, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey. Mike, I Mike. turned my head. I couldn't. Uh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, uh, any anything else? Any other questions that we did not get to that you guys wanted to, to bring up in here? So for us, um, I, I had to, to step out just for two seconds. Um, so I don't know if you guys covered the, what happens when you mess up? Do you guys get that? Um, mm. And I think if, if you follow this idea of God's grace and, and we are saved by his grace through faith, there, we, particularly Westerners, and I say that because that's the only, only religion I know, Western religion, very controlled, very like I have a lot to do with it. It's my quiet time, my this, my that, my that, and it's going to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. What happens, though, whenever you mess up and, and God has already promised to you salvation, God got uh, John 3.16, right? So, so we, can, we can live there. Uh, you, you can live any of the Roman road that you want to go down. And, and we trust that it is God's grace to you through faith in Jesus Christ. But can you mess up the promise? Can you say mess up a different way? Like when you say can, mess up, what I, do you mean? Can you nullify the promise? So, so God promises this to you. And whether you want to say this or not, the belief is... I don't want to mess. I don't, I don't want to ruin it. I don't. I don't want him to take it away. I don't want to. If it's good now, I don't want it to go bad. I don't want it to spoil. Um, if if it's grace to me right now, what do I need to do to keep it? And if I mess up really badly, will he take it away from me? Yeah. And I think there's a a really really good clear picture in Abram, um, in in the fact of. He, he received the promises, right? So it was the promise of you're, you're going to have all this land, and he had no land. Um, you know, Canaan was going to be the place that flowing with milk, and not like, like these are the, where your, your people are going to live. He didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't even have people, right? And so there was a part of that that said, God told him, you and your wife are going to have a son. You're going to have, look up into the sky, see the stars in the sky, go, go see the dust of the earth. You're going to have more of that. Well, then there's a a time where the Lord gave that promise. No doubt that was a great day for Abram. But then God doesn't speak to him for a season. And he's just waiting. And then you have the account where you go and it's it's, uh, Sarah and um, Hagar. Hagar. Mm -hmm. And 
he messes up really big. Mm-hmm. Because in my own hands. So I'm gonna, he, yeah. he did. And, and, and guys, we yeah. do that right. where we will say, okay, I know God's promise. And it's not come to fruition, and I'm getting really old. Time's going by too. Too much time is going by, and I believe God for this, so I'm going to take it in my own hands and do it. Yeah. And so, so can, I, can I take the first shot? Yeah, do it. So, um, we didn't do anything to earn salvation. Therefore, we can't give it back. We can't lose it. Yeah. There's that part. In our Bible reading plan, though, we're looking at like we just finished David, Saul, and you do see God remove a specific role that Saul had. Nice. So Saul's, you know, God living inside of Saul is for him to play the role of king. Right. It's not about a salvation. What he does lose is a level of leadership that God positioned him for when he was disobedient. Mm-hmm. So right. if, to me, I would answer when we mess up, I don't think we can lose our salvation because we didn't we didn't earn it in the first place. Yeah. However, we can lose blessings. Mm. Um, go to good. Hebrews 6. We can lose access to some of the things God had desired for us yeah um because we choose a substitute over substance mm-hmm. like we go back to the colossians yes because we choose that we choose we limit what we can receive from him mm-hmm. how does that mm. i'm i'm here for that yeah mm-hmm. so so what 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 i hear you saying um it's a very neil statement it is yep. a very neil statement and i i was aware of that as i said it. <laughs> um what i hear you saying though is that uh so there are consequences to sin that we may experience, though one of those consequences is not losing our salvation. Yeah, that's right. And uh, to give a, uh, in my marriage, like I think God desires for Jennifer and I to experience full intimacy as we pursue a life on mission for him. If I don't engage her in a way that leads to full intimacy, Mm -hmm. I'm choosing a a marriage of transaction. That's right. um, And and shallowness rather than of depth and richness, right? right? I think that's similar to how mm. in our relationship with God too. Yeah, mm. I, I think the, I think that's a great picture. Um, what's available to us, and we settle for the counterfeit. Yeah. Um, I think what what sometimes we fear when we have a performance based picture Western religion is that if we teach this, then people are going to. Um, Abuse it. They're going to take it as a license. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole licentiousness that says, "Oh, well, good. I I can't do, do anything to lose it." Mm-hmm. Right, man. Thank goodness. The, I think that's where we always got to go back to the heart, which is where we talked about. Mm-hmm. It, it's an issue of what what does your heart say. So sometimes what we as preachers will do, pastors, teachers will say, um, "Yes, it's all about grace, but you need to check your actions to make sure that what you." your faith is real, mm-hmm. which I know is true, but yeah. what that does not mean is you better go perform to prove your faith. Right. What you need to do is go back to your faith and make sure your faith is where, do you really trust in the goodness of God? Do you really trust that intimacy with him? Do you really trust that intimacy with your spouse is better than the transactional counterfeit, right, to use your language in that illustration? And if you really believe, no, what he has to offer he is good. He is the Lord. He is the Christ. So I put all my trust in him, and I believe that's better than the counterfeit that life offers. Mm-hmm. So for those who would say, man, I, I just have a license to sin, I would say don't try to improve your behavior in that moment. Go back to your heart and say, right. do you really believe in who he is? Do you really believe in what he says? Is what he says that true? Yeah. Um, 
And I would add into that that the journey he has for us is going to require limits and loss and pain. And we often think if God desires it for us, it's going to make us feel good and be comfortable. And that's not the case. Right. Mm-hmm. What he had for his son was a cross. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is better for us, and he gets the glory on the other side of it. That's mm-hmm. right. And it's doing something in us. Yeah. Right? So it, right. it's that, that refining. And we're not there yet. We're in, we're in the chapter four. Um, <laughs> but soon we will be in the chapter six. <laughs> the chapter uh, six. And chapter six, verse one says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? Mm-hmm. By no means. And so here, here's the reason that, that Mark brings that up, the reason that tension is in your heart right now as you listen to this. And when and I, I do think that's very real. Whenever we have this view of, of great grace, there's a moment that we are just blown away at God's goodness. And then there's the still being sanctified side of us that says, I guess I can go do what I want to mm-hmm. do yeah. if it's all grace. Well, the reason it's, it's like a sign. Again, I, we've used that analogy a couple of weeks in a row. There's a reason somebody had to put up a sign, don't feed the bears. Some idiot walked up and fed some bears, and, and they ate them. And somebody, I can't believe the bear ate me. So now there's a sign up that says, don't do that stupid thing. Paul That's had good. to write that because people believe That's that like, then. Mm-hmm. People believe that now. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful the word of God is not dead in the sense of it has no more meaning for us today. Yeah. It is alive. It's mm-hmm. breathing. It is meeting us right where we are. Yeah. So if you feel like, well, now I'm free to do whatever I want, <laughs> By no means should right. you do that. You are dead to sin, and you made a, you were made alive in Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we've said it before, but I think the story of Abraham is another reminder of God's graciousness to us to give us real stories of real people mm-hmm. who had real issues, even after He called them, even after their faith experience. I mean, you don't you don't have to go very far from Hey Abraham, here's what I'm going to do in you, to Abraham blowing it pretty big that's right and so yeah. that again gives me hope that it gives me right. hope and I'm, I'm glad that that ch- I, I pray I would never do that um, but I'm thankful that there are even in the big yeah. guys Abram that's and right. David mm-hmm. the reason he used their names great pillars mm-hmm. of faith great examples yeah. of doing really really dumb stuff yeah. and great examples of God redeeming and God restoring them. Mm. Yep. so good so good well looking forward to next week and uh, where we will continue in the chapter four. The chapter four. And uh, so guys, as always, great talking with you and uh, love uh, walking alongside you guys. Eat a lot here. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Yep. Yes. Enjoy thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.